Hey you, welcome to the show. I'm really glad you're here. We are doing our holiday series right now. We kicked it off last week, kind of unofficially, with an episode about just being unhappy and how common and normal that is. And there are lots and lots of reasons why being unhappy is uh, something that everybody deals with. And there are ways that uh, that I go over, ways that you can manage that and ways that you can find joy in your life. And today we are talking about how to manage your holiday stress and holiday anxiety. I have a special guest on with me today. Her name is Tati Garcia and she is a, well, here's a little blurb about her. I'll just tell you who she is. So Tati is a licensed professional counselor and coach specializing in high-functioning anxiety, and she's the host of the podcast Calmly Coping, which is very good. Her passion lies in guiding ambitious achievers to overcome anxiety and burnout so they can feel calmer from within and stop overthinking everything. Tati has thousands of hours of experience helping clients and uses evidence-based approaches including mindfulness, self-compassion, and positive psychology to help high achievers make improvements in their mindset, self-care, and work-life balance. So in this episode, I really just give her a hit list of the top stressors that we have during the holidays and ask her for tips and strategies to manage that stress, reduce it, or prevent it. And this episode is full of info and tips and advice, and I hope that you find it helpful. Refer to it as needed throughout the holidays. And uh, as always, I'm here for you. If you need me, reach out to me, caroline at makeitjoy.com. Okay, I hope you have a wonderful time with this one. Hi, I'm Caroline Music, and I'm a certified life and spiritual coach, and I love to help women live life with more joy. My job is to completely and wholeheartedly believe the best in you and believe the best for you. I think that life is meant to be enjoyed, and we're meant to live with passion, purpose, and fun. In this podcast, we will talk about all things joy, what brings you joy, what keeps you from joy, and how to just enjoy life more in general. You are uniquely and wonderfully made, and you are who you are and how you are for a reason. My hope for you is that you will adore being you. Build a life you love, soak up as many moments as you can, and enjoy the heck out of life. Welcome to the Make It Joy Podcast. Hey, Tati, thanks for being with us today. Hey, it's great to be here. Well, I somehow or another, I uh, found my way to your email list and just, I really, really love the emails that you send. I think that they're so helpful and they're really practical. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Through your emails, I found your wonderful, super helpful podcast, which you've been, you've been doing that for a little while, haven't you? Yeah, it's been like three and a half years. I started in May of 2020. I think that they're pretty bite-sized. Um, you know, you can consume them on just a like a one-way trip to the grocery store or wherever you're going, and that you, you're just filled with so many tips on how to manage your anxiety, which I think is is just such an important such an important topic that I think so many people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So one thing that I love so much about you and uh, your style and your approach is that you 
actually believe that we can have freedom from anxiety and freedom from uh, the feeling overwhelmed and kind of overcome by our stressors, and that it doesn't have to be this permanent thing that we have in our life, this ongoing perpetual anxiety. Isn't that right? Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing that I like to point out is that it's we're never going to get rid of anxiety 100% because anxiety can be helpful as a way of protecting ourselves and keeping us safe. But when it comes to the anxiety that is irrational or that is, you know, really overwhelming, like you mentioned, and gets in the way of your feeling like happy or you're just being able to go through your day-to-day, that is definitely something that you can uh, decrease and work towards getting to a point where anxiety isn't something that is a part of your everyday. I think that's really encouraging. And I also love this idea that it's helpful because it is helpful. I mean, we back when we were being chased by tigers on a regular basis, I think you need, your stress can be a a warning for you. It's a way to keep you safe or your body's at least trying to keep you safe. Yeah, exactly. And so a a thing about you that I also really like is you have this, you have a three-part approach, right? When you're dealing with anxiety and you, you teach other people about kind of these, these three keystones to managing anxiety. Can you talk to us about it? Yeah, absolutely. And so this is, Particularly, I guess, especially when it comes to ambitious people who are struggling with anxiety. Um, And so people who have anxiety and also feeling overwhelmed or burnt out. So that first prong is calm and that's addressing your thoughts, the way that you manage your emotions, um, the way that you are uh, thinking about things when it comes to, let's say, you know, a lot of times there can be negative thoughts when it comes to anxiety or a lot of limiting beliefs that we hold that keep us stuck in a place of focusing on the worst case scenario. And that calm prong also focuses on just becoming more aware of these things. So becoming more aware of your emotions and the way that you think about things and the way that you're feeling uh, in general throughout the day. Um, That second prong is balance. And so this is gaining an understanding of your behaviors and the way that you are managing your energy and time throughout the day a lot of times with individuals who are in a place of feeling anxious that leads them to maybe overwork or overcommit because of a fear of failure or a fear of not doing so, have difficulties with setting boundaries and managing their time. Um, And so really working on becoming more intentional with the way that you spend your time with the things that you say yes to, um, even with the way that you organize your to-do list or your tasks can make a huge difference when it comes to the levels of anxiety you feel and how overwhelmed you feel. And then that last prong is confidence. And so this is getting to that place where you can start to feel good enough from within. Um, Because a lot of times there can be this feeling that I'm not 
good enough or, uh, you know, I need to do more or accomplish more in order to prove myself to others. And there, there can be a lot of those beliefs going on. And so, you know, when we, you know, especially with somebody who is ambitious and, and has high expectations for themselves and, uh, can put a lot of pressure on themselves, uh, that can also go hand in hand with being really hard on yourself and beating yourself up. And so when we beat ourselves up, studies show that that actually tends to make you feel worse, make you less resilient to stress and the difficulties that you're going to face in your day to day. And so this confident prong consists of practicing self-compassion, actually being kinder to yourself, which you can do without dropping the ball. And also learning how to take care of yourself first. It's a funny thing. We talk a lot about uh, putting yourself first here on this podcast and uh, through my website. It's something that I think we really struggle to do. I don't know if it's just something that we learn growing up, or if you're a woman, it's a part of how we are, just kind of the maternal taking care of others, the nurturing side of us. But I find it very difficult, and so many women find it so difficult to uh, put yourself first or to even care for yourself at all. It's it's as if we have to take care of everyone else and everything, and then when there's nothing left, then as a like a last measure, we have to go and take care of ourselves. I just find that very interesting and really, really common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as you're talking about that, I'm imagining like my mother and grandmother seeing them um, whenever we would get together for family meals. They're always the ones sitting down last. Everybody's already started mm-hmm. eating, and they're still like trying to serve or clean or whatever. And so, you know, I think you know, seeing your mother or grandmother, whomever, um, taking care of everybody else and, and then taking care of themselves last. And I think that can definitely be something that's passed down through the generations. And that just like culturally and and society in our society has become an expectation that I think, you know, we're slowly starting to unlearn. It's a funny thing too. I think of, I have a five-year-old called Madeline. And when I think of her, I often think, I hope she doesn't do what I've done with myself up to this point. Like, I hope that she takes care of herself. I hope that she pursues her passions. I hope that she does this and this. And it's, it is funny. I think that it's um, often what I want for my child is better than what I have given myself. And I hope, maybe the time we are in history, that'll begin to change. But yeah, I totally agree with you about the, I identify with what you're saying about the women in the family. This is a huge generalization, but they cook the food and they put the food out and they clean up the food. And they, like you said, they are the very last to rest. It's just a bummer. It's like we have endless energy, but but we don't. And so Mm -hmm. one thing, this naturally walks us into the main reason I want you here today. Number one is I wanted to talk to you because I think you're great and I love the stuff you're putting out. Number two is we're doing a little, uh, a couple episodes on the holidays and how to manage stress during the holidays, how to enjoy yourself during the holidays, because this is such a, it's such a wonderful, magical time. And it's, 
I feel like it's intended to be this quiet, peaceful time. But the holidays are usually just all out, 100 miles an hour, wear yourself out, cranky time of year. And so I'm hoping that you can take us through some strategies to make the most of the holidays and to find peace. So how does that sound to you? Yes, that sounds excellent. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I'm thinking we'll do. I'm going to tell you a, a holiday stressor, kind of a typical holiday stressor. Tell us some ways that we can manage the stress, possibly prevent the stress, and we can refer back to your wisdom when we start losing our peace for the holidays. Sound okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so uh, stressor number one for the holidays, I think, is just having so much to do. Like, we put so much on our plate, and I think that, um, like, the holidays around our house are mid-October until, for us, all the way through mid-February because we have birthdays and then Halloween and then Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and then we have birthday, we have just a chain of birthdays. That's a ton of stuff to do. And so what are your what are some things that we can do to manage the the stress of having so much to do during the holidays? Yeah, I think that's that's a good question. I think one thing can be to ensure that you are taking time for yourself when possible, just taking time to rest. Um, also managing and recognizing the expectations that you have for yourself. Um, you know, sometimes there can be this expectation that everything needs to be perfect and uh, either that or you need to do it all. And seeing if that is realistic and, you know, even if it's obviously you still want to do the best that you can, but also while being kind to yourself. So seeing if you can recognize that you're going to do the best you can and it's not necessary to put all of this pressure on yourself. The way I like to describe it to my clients a lot of time is that, you know, there is the amount of effort that's necessary to get something done, but then oftentimes we can go beyond that and put this excess excess pressure and um, stress upon ourselves that isn't helping us to get things done any better. It's often just making us feel worse and making us feel more overwhelmed. And so seeing if you can just start to notice when you're being hard on yourself, when you're maybe overthinking or like making plans for the future or thinking that everything needs to be perfect. Um, and seeing if you can be kind to yourself and say that, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can and focus on taking time for rest and like doing the things that I enjoy um, amidst that. Hmm. Just as you were talking, I was considering this idea, this novel idea of asking for help. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Sometimes when our list is so long, it almost doesn't occur to me to ask for help from other people. And sometimes, like the other day, I think I was just slammed with a ton of things to do. I had a lot of work things to do. I had a couple of doctor's appointments and then planning a birthday party. And I was beginning to feel really overwhelmed by it. And I thought, what are number one, what are some things that I could actually take off of this list? What needs to go? What like What's a non-essential? And is there anything that I can kind of outsource? Is there anything that I can get? my husband, Matthew, 
to help me with. And I found that also really helpful along with everything you just said, just to see if, if ever, like if I can lighten my load somehow, whether it's by eliminating something or getting, um, getting an assist. And I, I don't know about you, Tati, but I find that if I ask for help, people usually are really willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and it's interesting because I'm actually reading a book now on boundaries. And so this kind of is relevant to to what I'm reading about that oftentimes when it comes to boundaries and a boundary can include asking for help and, and delegating, uh, oftentimes we can assume that other people know that we need help, you know, especially when it comes to a partner um, or family member, we can assume, oh, they see that I'm doing all of this. They should know that, um, you know, I need help. But really, people aren't going to know that you need help unless you communicate it to them. And so sometimes it, we can kind of see then this like, oh, I'm doing it all. And and this kind of like martyrdom of like, I, I need to do everything when really that's that's not the case. And like you said, you know, oftentimes when we are clear and communicate, can you help me out with this? Or can we divide things in this way? Most people are going to be understanding and, and willing to help. Mm-hmm. Can you share what book you're reading? Yeah, it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace um, by, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Nedra Glover Tawab, I believe. Ooh, okay, that sounds great. I'll um I'll add that to the show notes, guys. Okay, so another holiday stressor. It can feel like it's performance time. Like my house needs to look really good. This meal has to be really good. You know, the the Christmas cards I send out need to look really good. And we can put this pressure on ourselves or feel this kind of invisible pressure or, or expectation from other people to keep up or to make our holidays be boxed in this little nice, pretty package or this really acceptable, pretty presentable way. And so... Could you give us a strategy for uh, feeling like we have to perform to meet either our own or other people's uh, possibly imaginary expectations? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there that a lot of times it can be imaginary. It can be just these stories that we create in our head that we expect that we need to do things perfectly, that we need to appear a certain way or else. And, you know, if that's the case for you, I encourage you to think of that or else, you know, what is the worst that could happen if you don't meet these so-called expectations that you have set for yourself? What is the worst that could happen if things aren't perfect or if, um, you know, your, your house isn't perfectly clean or you don't have the perfect Christmas cards or whatever else it might be? Because oftentimes, you know, we're imagining this devastating consequence and people are going to judge us or uh, think that uh, there's something wrong with us or or whatever those imagined worries might be. And oftentimes what we imagine is much worse than the reality. And even if there are people that are going to be judgmental, um, that's not something that we have control over. And sometimes we try to uh, avoid or control inadvertently like the way that other people are going to perceive us by 
trying to do the best that we can, but really it's trying to control something that's uncontrollable because we can never control what somebody else thinks about us or the things that they say about us. But, you know, so it can feel like this trap that we're trying to avoid negative judgment or criticism, but we're really just making ourselves more stressed and and overwhelmed in the moment. Mm, there's there's so much good so much wisdom in that and i uh, that is also something that's certainly not just for the holidays i mean that's really that's really a lifelong endeavor i think it's just knowing who you are and and valuing who you are and you've talked a lot about you know being kind to yourself and and having um yeah, self acceptance and i think that that's i imagine that that is a i know for me it's certainly a a long term bit of work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think you put it well that that self-acceptance and being accepting of yourself, being confident in yourself and that in and of itself can help you to feel more resilient to the things that other people might say and, and, and recognize that, you know, if people are making judgments about you or, if they're saying things like, oh, this isn't perfect, which most people aren't going to say, but even if they are, oftentimes that the people that are making those judgments themselves, it's because they are suffering or struggling themselves in some way, or they lack confidence in themselves. And they're oftentimes just projecting that onto others. Hmm. Okay, Johnny, I think we will probably get into your boundaries book a little bit on this one. Uh, but what is a, a strategy you have for being with difficult people during the holidays? Yeah, so I think that, you know, if it's somebody that you have to see, you know, that like whether it's in a group of people or otherwise, I think it's going to depend, like depending on the relationship. But, you know, if it's somebody that you find that even if you talk to them, it's ends up in conflict or it's something that is personally triggering for you before you go to the event, kind of setting that boundary for yourself. So maybe it's going to be, um, you know, trying to uh, not just, you know, say hi to the person and not engage in any conversation. If it's a person who continues to violate um, boundaries and, you know, you feel like they are maybe getting into conflict with you or whatever else it might be, then it could be something that you have to communicate to them. Again, kind of going back to that communication piece. And, you know, if this person crosses this boundary, then I'm going to either leave the situation or walk away and talk to somebody else or, you know, go to another room and take some deep breaths. Um, So having maybe an idea of a a plan of action of how you could address it if you feel triggered in some way. I think this is a really funny phrase, but um, energy vampires is a phrase that was introduced to me several years ago. And it's when you're just Mm -hmm. around somebody and they, they just drain you of your joy and your energy. And and that could also just be because you and someone are just different in a way that doesn't um, you there's just something about the energy together where you just feel tired being with that person. I think that um finding a way to like restore yourself 
energetically, like where you just don't feel wiped out after you've been with someone is really important as well. Can you give us any advice on after you have just felt like, whew, I am wiped out after just being in the same room with this person and I need to fill myself back up again. Do you have any suggestions for how you can kind of bring that energy back to yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's, that's a, a good one because that definitely can happen. And maybe it's not somebody that is difficult, but it's just like you said, they are draining for you to talk to. And so, uh, you know, it could be maybe going and and talking to somebody who is energizing for you, like somebody that you feel comfortable with or close to that um, isn't somebody that's going to suck that energy out of you or require a lot of thought or effort to interact with them. It could be maybe taking some time for yourself for a little bit, going to the bathroom or even going outside and getting some fresh air or um, anything that's going to be grounding for you, whether that's taking a few deep breaths um, or doing a meditation or something if you have time or space to do that. Um, And if this is like at the end of the event or something, just seeing and asking yourself, what is it that you need? Because we're each going to need something different. For some people, it's going to be, I need to be by myself and, you know, I just need to wind down and disconnect. For other people, it's going to be, um, I need to do something active or, um, you know, something that's going to allow me to uh, move my body or, you know, spending time with somebody that, uh, like I said earlier, that, that you're comfortable with. Uh, Those are such good practical tips. Thank you so much for those. So when, uh, you know, when you're going to a party uh, that you're looking forward to, but I think social anxiety and just um, feeling nerves about going to all of these holiday gatherings, whether it's a work party or going with your partner, maybe to their group of work friends, or you're going to a group of your church friends, or I think social anxiety around parties and gatherings is a lot more common than people realize. And so can you give us a couple tips on how to just manage the the nerves of like before you walk into a party and maybe how to manage yourself during the party um, so that you, you have something that can kind of ground you so you can, you can enjoy yourself. Yeah. And so that social anxiety is definitely something that I can relate to, something that I used to struggle with a lot. And especially when it comes to a group or party setting, um, you know, one thing that can help is, you know, going with somebody that you're comfortable with or somebody that you know, um, doing things like practicing uh, positive affirmations or positive coping statements uh, before the event. Because a lot of times there can be those negative thoughts that are fueling the anxiety that you feel, that are fueling those worries. And it could be beliefs like everybody's going to think I'm awkward or I'm not good at making small talk. With social anxiety, we're so focused on what other people are going to think and how we are coming across that that takes the attention away from actually communicating and makes it harder to communicate. And so if you can do things like um, change your thoughts before going in or 
physically, you know, I've mentioned taking deep breaths a few times, but that can be really powerful because that's actually, you know, especially if you're taking those deep breaths all the way into your belly, that's activating your body's relaxation response, which is going to help to calm your mind and body. Then that can help you to go into the situation with a less anxious state of mind and then reminding yourself to just focus on the present moment. Focus on, you know, what you see around you and not necessarily hyperfixating on how are people perceiving me. One thing that you that seems to keep coming up with everything you're saying and I've found this to be true with myself is your mind when your mind is passive, that's when you're more at risk for kind of losing it and falling subject to any and every thought that pops up. But everything you're saying or almost everything you're saying is encouraging this active mind where you're challenging your thoughts. You're noticing what you're experiencing. You're seeing if there are alternatives. You're finding out if there are other ways to approach something or other ways of thinking. And so I'm just hearing so much about having an active mind, not a passive mind, but actually, and it does take muscle. I mean, it takes practice to get your your mind working in this way. But everything, um, all of these skills, or most of these skills at least, are using your mind in a way that, as though it were a muscle, which it is, uh, is going to benefit you. So almost being in charge of your brain and directing it in a way where it's helpful for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I like how you put that of using it actively, because if we go into that passive state, you know, that default way of thinking, as humans, we have what's called a negativity bias. And so the tendency will be to go towards the negative way of thinking and viewing things. Because again, like I mentioned before, that can be protective. You know, if we're more sensitive to the bear that's coming through the woods, that's going to help us to survive more so than noticing, you know, the nice sunrise. Um, and so it, is something that we have to actively work to overcome, especially if you're somebody who's prone to anxiety or somebody who's prone to depression or just somebody who tends to be more of a pessimistic um, or have a pessimistic way of thinking. Um, but it's absolutely something, like you said, that you can change and um, you can actually rewire your brain so that it becomes easier to think more positively over time. Okay, Tati, now I may be getting a little outside of your realm of comfort here, but I wanted to bring up uh, food anxiety, which I think is uh, certainly something that comes up around the holidays because there's so much excess, there's so much yummy, delicious food. And I think people, I've certainly experienced this where um, you can feel bad about the food that you're eating because there's so much stuff, or you can have anxious about going to this party and you think, oh, there's going to be so much food, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to feel bad about how I've eaten. Or can you speak to us at all about whether it's mindfulness or uh, self-compassion or whatever? Can you give us a, any tips on just food anxiety during the holidays? Yeah. And, you know, I think, like you said, that can be something that's common. And I think that it can help to look at what for you specifically is bringing up that anxiety. Is it a worry of, am I going to overindulge or overeat? Or um, 
is this going to negatively impact my health? Or if you're on a, uh, like whether it's a diet or, uh, like a health program or something, is this going to sabotage this? And so I think that it can help to look at what are those specific worries and, and name them and then use, use that to help you to make a plan for the situation. Um, and so that can look like, just acceptance. You know, if you decide I'm going to allow myself to enjoy myself without the guilt or without the worry, then, you know, that practice of acceptance can be really powerful because sometimes there can be this feeling of you eat something and then you automatically feel guilty or you uh, worry if you've overindulged. And, and really all of those reactions can be, you know, there's nothing wrong with having those emotions come up. And at the same time, it can be coming from a place of regret or shooting on yourself. I should have done this differently or I shouldn't have done that. And so when we can come back to this mindset of acceptance of, okay, I've made the decision that I'm going to allow myself to enjoy this, then you are making a conscious choice to do what it is that you've decided to do without beating yourself up, without thinking I should be doing something different. So that's kind of like a mindset shift that I think can help with that. In addition to, you know, you don't have to, depending on what it is for you, because every person is going to be different, but coming up with a plan of, okay, what is it that I feel comfortable with or how much uh, do I feel comfortable with um, eating when it comes to the specific holiday? That's so helpful. Thank you so much. Um, and I think that's going to help a lot of people. Um, in my family, what we have always done is after our meal, we say, oh, I ate so much. I'm never eating again. So <laughs> that's our, that is our big cope, uh, our way of coping. But, um, you know, something I have really appreciated about you, and I this may have been in a podcast. You may have even had a whole episode on it. I'm not sure. But you talk about balance and how instead of having like this this balance throughout your day where everything is kind of equal and measured it's more about having these times where you go all in and then these times where you pull back and you rest and you restore and you recover and i you know i was thinking about the holidays and how there could be the, like we said, the holidays, it's pretty full on for most of the time. You're, And this isn't everybody, but a lot of us are just going, going, going. And I was wondering if you could talk to us about like moments where we can drop in and where we can find the balance where we go all in and then we pull back and we restore ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that you brought up that concept because that's something that is definitely an important value of mine because, you know, I think balance is essential in all aspects of life. Like if we just think about the basics of our human body, you know, our body is automatically maintaining a balance of our body temperature, of our body functions, um, and keeping us so that we are functioning in a healthy way. And so, you know, it can be that similar concept, um, you know, especially with uh, women, you know, our body goes through these phases. Um, you know, if you're somebody who has your cycle currently that, um, you know, 
there's phases where you have more energy, where you're going to push yourself more. And then there's phases where you're going to want to pull back and rest. And so, you know, that can be an important overarching thing to be aware of, just listening to your body and um, what it's telling you to do. And then also within the holidays, it can be, you know, either allowing yourself, depending on the way that you are, because we're all different. So if you're the kind of person who you like, you like to go all in, um, then giving yourself that time and space to do so while also having that time for recovery afterwards. So maybe that's after a holiday, like, you know, after Halloween or after Thanksgiving um, and allowing yourself maybe like a day off or a weekend off or, or a week where you're taking it easy before you start to think about planning for the next holiday. That's really great. I love that. I like having this, this idea of just balance almost being this this movement it's like you said the cycles this rhythm where we can just find the moments where there's opportunity to rest and recover and observe and just respect the moments where it's almost like things are out of our control or out of our hands and we you just have to have the later nights or you have to have the the faster pace and just keeping your eyes open for times that and even just moments that suit you where you can have like a come down. I think that's, that's really important. And I, I just, I love your perspective on balance. I think it's, I, I think it's a little atypical and I think it's so true and so wise and just, I, I really, really think it's a powerful thought. Um, okay. Tani, have we, do you think that we have covered the holidays? Do you think that we've got our bases covered? I think, you know, one other thing that comes to mind for me because I know this is something that people can struggle with over the holidays is especially if you've lost a loved one um you know it can bring up a lot of difficult emotions the holidays can be a tough time for you it can bring up memories or reminders of the past and so I think that's important to acknowledge for people who are in that space that you know absolutely you know whether it is holidays or anniversaries or birthdays can can definitely bring up those memories and reminders of the past and and that's important to just again like have that self compassion for yourself if you're in that place and you know don't push yourself to do something that feels like it's too much for you allow yourself space to work through the emotions that are coming up for you. So feeling them, whatever that looks like, if it's, you know, allowing yourself to cry or allowing yourself to uh, speak to loved ones who might understand and, and let those feelings out. Um, but, you know, I think that that's something else that came to mind that I think can be a topic that comes up during the holidays. I'm so glad you said that. That's such a good one. And, you know, sometimes there can be a reason that you know why you have the blues or why you're down during the holidays. And sometimes you can't put your finger on it and you're just down and you don't know why. And I love everything you said about it. And I think that's applicable for those moments too. And you just think I'm down and I don't know why just being mm -hmm. kind to yourself, talking to people. I'm so, so glad you brought that up. Thank goodness for you. Um, all right, Dottie, <laughs> you got to tell us how we can work with you. Tell us about um, your website. And I know you have an awesome quiz. Uh, fill us in. Yeah. So my website is becalmwithtati.com. I offer coaching. I have online courses and a high-functioning anxiety community in addition to I offer. 
therapy for uh, residents of the state of New Jersey. Um, And then if you're curious about what high-functioning anxiety is, I kind of touched on it a little, but it's really particularly those high-achieving, ambitious individuals who are successful and and appear to be doing well on the outside, but on the inside, you're struggling with anxiety, overthinking, and burnout. Um, I have a free quiz to let you know if you're struggling with high-functioning anxiety, and then if so, resources to help you to work through it. Um, And you can find that at hfaquiz.com. And Tati, do you work with men also, or do you work with women? Yes, I work with both men and women. Okay, that's great. Um, All right, are you ready for our wrap-up questions? Yes. Okay, here we go. So, uh, Tati, around here, I I like to end my my guest uh, episodes with some questions about just how you can celebrate life and enjoy your life more, and, and we talk about some of the things that bring joy. So, I know that you have taken the What's Your Joy Style quiz that I have, and can you tell us what you are and what you resonated with? Yes. So it is peace and joy. So I am an independent joy. Um, Yeah. So I think that that resonated with me uh, taking time for myself, like the simple pleasures, things like that. That's perfect. I can, I can see that in you. That's great. Okay. uh, What is your favorite simple luxury? So I enjoy just like my daily warm cup of tea. Um, I recently with like the weather getting warmer, uh, not warmer, cooler. Um, I like to have my chai tea with, um, some almond milk and that's something I look forward to in the morning. Um, okay. What is one of your big obstacles to joy? Um, I think for me, I think it's being hard on myself. You know, I think that um, I talked a lot about that self-compassion, but sometimes I still s- fall into that trap of um, focusing a lot on, oh, you know, I could be doing better or I could be doing this rather than celebrating everything that I've accomplished and am doing well. Mm. I think you have a lot of company with that. Um, okay. What do you love about being a woman? Yeah, this is a good question. I think that I love the connection, like the um, emotional connection that um, I can make with other women. You know, obviously there's the shared experience and sometimes this shared understanding um, that that helps you to feel like more connected and less alone. Mm, that's really beautiful and so true. Women, um, all right. In three words, what's the meaning of life? Um, this is a tough one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say, and I don't know if this is the meaning, but just like what, uh, I think of when it comes to life, uh, you know, being fully present. Ooh, yeah. I love that. I have a, uh, have a tattoo on me. Um, that's only this moment is life. It's from, um, it's a quote by um, Thich Nhat Hanh, who is uh, or was a uh, Buddhist monk. But um, you know, I'm very into like mindfulness and just that that present moment awareness because, especially with anxiety, a lot of times it's very future focused thinking and and trying to anticipate and plan for what could happen or what could go wrong, and that oftentimes just takes us away from fully 
living in and appreciating the moment. I found that no matter what religion you are, I, there's so much wisdom in the Buddhist way. I mean, there, the mindfulness and everything you just said, just being awake and alive to the moment, it really can enrich your life. Um, okay, so what prayer or blessing or wish would you like to give to the people that are listening to us? Yeah, I would say kind of like as an overarching of what I've been saying to be kind to yourself uh, and, you know, you're you're doing better than you think you are um, and, and you deserve to take care of yourself and to um, be compassionate and understanding towards yourself. That's wonderful. Tati, thank you so much for coming on and just... Uh, brightening up our holidays and getting us prepared to have a peaceful, joyful uh, next few months. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. I had a great time. Okay, gang, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've been inspired, encouraged, and have had a great time. If you'd like to know more about working with me, having me as your own personal coach, check out my website, www.makeitjoy.com. You'll also find all of my resources, recommendations, and freebies on there as well. If this podcast is your kind of thing, I would so appreciate your support. Please leave me a five-star review and help spread the word. If you'd like to say hello, I would love to hear from you. Send an email to caroline at makeitjoy.com. I will read it and I will get back to you. I love the Make It Joy community. Y'all are a really beautiful, lovely group of people. And I appreciate you all so much. Enjoy being you. Enjoy your life. And go make it joy. I'll see you next time. Thank you.